0: You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. And we're going through the book of James, and uh, to kick this series off, we have uh, one of our pastors here, our Connections pastor. More importantly than that, he is my father. And uh, throughout my entire life, he has been my pastor. And I've been so grateful to, uh, to get to, more grateful than I realized at the moment for sure. Uh, especially when, you know, I was falling asleep in the pews, our hardwood pews in La Trobe. And uh, was messing around and everything during church. Never fully understood how grateful and how blessed I was. But we are really fortunate today to have my dad, our Connections pastor, Pastor Paul Pohl share uh, this morning's message. Give it up for him today. Thanks, Dad.
1: Well, good morning. It's a joy to be here today. It really is, and it's a joy to be able to share my heart. I want to say to you this morning as we walk into James chapter 1, in fact, if you have your Bibles, I would ask you to go there with me because we're going to use... James chapter 1 is somewhat of a textbook this morning. And when I use use the word a textbook, that means I'd like you to keep it open. If we were in a classroom setting this morning, I would want you to have it there so you can read it and reference it. And so as we walk through what I'm going to share with you today, keep James chapter 1 before you because we're going to walk through the beginning, clear through the end. Now I want to preface my message today by saying to you that I'm going to share some graphic examples of my life today. I'm going to tell you the story of why I'm wearing this. I would say to you today that when we think about pain, we never think of pain and joy together. We never think about the idea that, you know, with pain, I am so miserable. But we don't think about the idea that pain is a joy. James says count it all joy. You're right, count it all joy. Um, I can tell you I didn't count it all joy. And I have to be honest with you this morning, I don't count it all joy every day today. This is 16 weeks in tomorrow. And those 16 weeks of wearing this brace have not been all joyful. I can't sleep in my own bed. I have to sleep in a recliner. I could go on and on. I'm not going to spend all that this morning telling you, but except to say that no one likes pain, but the effects of pain can be eternal. No one likes pain, but the effects of pain can be eternal. My story starts today with uh, one of the nicest Tuesday nights we had this spring. It was May twenty. 20- May 21st, Tuesday night was May 21st, and uh, we had a cornhole night here for the guys, and it was fun. We had great pizza and great fellowship, and it was really a good night. I went to bed that night, not knowing what the next day held for me. I got up the next morning, and I watched Lucas, our youngest grandchild, and I watched him that morning. Uh, His dad came and got him, and I went to work at Snyder's funeral home that day for a one to four thirty shift for a viewing. And I went there, not is a beautiful day, May twenty 19 or 2019. And I'm there working, and all of a sudden, about two o'clock, my life changed. And probably frankly will change forever. I stopped to give a lady directions, and it wasn't her fault. She had no idea what was about to happen. She felt bad for sure. My foot, and I'm not coming close to the edge because I just don't wanna do that. I'm not gonna fall over the edge of this. That would not be pretty. But I caught the front of my heel on the curb, and it flipped me over, and I hit the back of the curb where there was a lip about this high and cut my head open, and had 100 stitches in the top of my head. And um, I can say this morning as we kind of put that picture up, and we're going to run that picture, if you don't want to see this, turn away, okay, because it's going to be graphic. And I have three pictures to share with you this morning, three x-rays. And as I share those with you today, you can turn away. If you don't want to see them, if you have children, and they don't want to see them, please just don't let them view them. They are graphic, but it's part of my pain. You understand? The maturity of pain. So if you want to throw that video, is it up there now? Did they throw that video up yet? There we go. That is the hundred stitches in the top of my head, and frankly, I felt about 90% of them going in. Um, They tried to numb my head, but they quickly had to sew it up because it it was bleeding profusely. And so I knew that when I fell that day on Main Street in Irwin and I fell, I knew something bad had happened. I had my hand on my head and I pulled my hand away and it was just covered with blood. I knew something bad had happened to me. I could feel the pain and I knew something in my neck and my breathing I tried to swallow. I wasn't swallowing well. I knew something was happening but I, I really couldn't understand why. Let's turn back to James chapter 1, if we might, for a moment, and hold that thought for a few seconds or a few minutes. In James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, we read, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now let's let's take a little note here. James was the eldest brother of Jesus. Maybe you're not familiar with that, but maybe you are. Let's just say today that as we think along the lines of relationship, we think along the lines of home life, I think this morning what it must have been like for James to be the brother of Jesus. What does the Scripture say about Jesus? You tell me. What's the Scripture say about Jesus? He was, there's a word I'm looking for, come on. He was what? Perfect. Sinless. How would you like to be the younger brother of the perfect one? Come on now. Not that he walked around and strutted it. You know, some of our brothers do. I was the youngest, and I thought my brothers always did. But Jesus was perfect, and he would never do that. But James grew up in a home where this was a fact, where, where his older brother Jesus, God come in the flesh, a man, for, for that matter, also God, living in his house. Oh. He understood pain and suffering more than most. He understood difficulty more than most because he was the eldest brother of the perfect one. Amazing to me. So yes, James writes from personal experience that everything, everything works out for his good, and that God works out in our lives his good for his divine purpose. Everything. In his life, it was no doubt his home life. In our lives, it may be something like relationships or illnesses or accidents, oh my or it may be various kinds of stresses or illnesses. But we all walk through things in our lives. You know, the Scripture says to us very clearly that it rains upon the just and the unjust. While we think about the fact that, indeed, we are immune from difficulties because we're serving Jesus. And by the way, there are some who teach that, and I would say, Let me be very kind. That's tragic. That's difficult for me to hear. If I hear somebody tell me that bad things never happen to those who serve the Lord, I have to ask, then why do I look like this? Why me, Lord? Why did you single me out? And the rest of you would say the same thing. So it rains on the just and the unjust. Let's go back to Main Street for a few minutes. I was put in an ambulance for the first time in my life. I'd never been in an ambulance before. I rode that ambulance to Forbes Regional Hospital, the trauma center there, not knowing where I'm going. I had no idea what had happened to me, except I know I'd cut my head. I'm riding this bumpy ambulance clear to Monroeville, and all of a sudden we pull up to the emergency door and they begin to wheel me out into the hospital. Something becomes keenly aware to my thinking and my mind right there on the spot. It just like it came like a wave of glory over me. It was almost as if God was speaking these words to me that I was to speak to the doctors. I can't explain it except to tell you that that day in the hospital, that afternoon, God had me share with those doctors, hey, listen, God, i praying for you. God wants to use you to perform a miracle in my life. And I told them all that. They're willing me, and I'm talking to them. I'm wide awake during this entire process. That, that was no small miracle. I didn't faint. I didn't black out. Maybe I, in some ways, wish I would have. But I was wide awake through all the pain and all the suffering and all the hurt, every stitch in my head. And I told the doctors, I know today God is going to use you to bless me, and I'm praying for you. I told the nurses. I told all of those aides. I told all the people there that God was going to bless them. I had this overwhelming sense in my heart to share that. And sure enough, they were all part of God's miracle in my life. As the days became several days and weeks, I became keenly aware that my life was spared that day, that my life there on that street in Irwin was spared by God, that a lot of people who go through this never survive. Let me explain why. My neck, you see, was broken. In fact, if you'll share the next slide of the x-rays inside my neck, and if you don't wanna see this, you can turn away, but there are rods and pins inside my neck. But before this is, I think, the x-ray. This is the x-ray of a broken honey, is that the x-ray? And you can see the bone pulled away on the top of the x-ray, that's my broken neck. It's completely pulled apart, completely pulled apart. In fact, the doctors told me that I have a condition. I had a condition in my neck that my neck was stiff most of the time, and my bones were calcified around my neck, and so I could never understand what that was about. But that saved my life. When my neck broke and my C7 broke in my neck, it bounced off the side of my neck, inside of my neck, and because it was, my neck was stiff and my neck was solid from the calcification of the bones around my neck, it acted like a shock, absor- a shock absorber and spared my life. If that bone would have moved further, I would have probably died. I probably wouldn't be here today. I had no idea why my life my life was spared. I really don't understand except to tell you that I'm willing to share and do anything God wants me to do because of it. But God is faithful. I want you to hear me. God is faithful this morning. And um, I know this morning as I think about my neck, I think about my back, I think about all that God does for us. I know that in everything... I'm called to give thanks today. Let me go back then this morning to James chapter 1. Let's think for a minute about the maturing of our faith, the maturity of pain. No one likes pain, but the effect of it can change our lives and perfect our faith. Nobody likes pain. But I can sure tell you that God will use everything in our lives to bring us closer to him. I've had so many hours and days and weeks. As I said, it's been 16 weeks tomorrow. 16 weeks. I can't do anything, friends. I can't drive. I can't work. I... I can do a little bit at home. I can wash dishes. I can fold clothes. I can't lift the clothes. I can't lift a lot of things. Sometimes I lift things I know I probably shouldn't. No. Sharon said no. (laughs) But I do anyway. But I shouldn't. Paul says this. No, Paul. James. Paul. James says this in chapter 1, verse number 4. Let your perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Oh, I want to tell you that indeed, if you think that you are to the place in your life where um, you've got it all together, you don't and I don't. Pain is, is a very difficult part of our lives. In verses 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 of this passage, let's read some of that, could you? Would you follow with me as we have the Bible open today? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But you, when you ask, you must believe that when you ask, You will not doubt, you believe and will not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. In verse number 9, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. But for the sun rises where scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom fails and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Wow. James writes to us about the maturing of our lives through pain, the maturity of pain in our lives. I wonder today, how many of you in this room right now would say, Pastor, I, I endure pain every day I live, and I don't see any way out of that pain. Anybody here like that? You have pain in your life and you in your body, and you don't see any way out. You have pain, and you endure every day. I see a few hands, a few. How would you like to have pain that you didn't ask for, pain you don't understand, pain that just wakes you in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, and you just don't, you can't. You can't find a way to get rid of that pain. You pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and things don't always change the way we think they should. In fact, we always have this mentality that every time I pray, God's gonna bring healing to me right now. But we don't always always experience that pain right now. So James says that we should count it all joy when we experience pain. And we go through all of these things, pain. Back to my story of intensive care for a few minutes. I find myself in intensive care. I, I endured nine and a half hours of surgery on the 22nd of May. And not knowing that uh, what was going on, I woke in intensive care having no idea that I had a broken neck. I had no idea what was happening in my life. I ended up in intensive care very confused. I I woke up I'm I'm groggy. I don't have a lot of pain. In fact, I have to tell you that through this process, while I mentioned a minute ago about those who have pain, I haven't endured a lot of pain except the day of the accident. I really haven't endured much pain. Uh, my back has not been sore. Uh, I don't experience any numbness or anything in my legs. I'm totally fine as I stand before you today. My back's a little tired this morning. I feel it. Yep, I'm not in pain. I don't understand all of that, except I, I'm thankful. But I woke up in intensive care, not knowing where I was and what was happening, and Sharon's talking to me, and I, I'm talking to nurses, and I remember the long nights in intensive care, the long nights in, in the rehab unit, the sights and sounds of illness and pain all night long. I'll tell you what, what really affected me I couldn't sleep. And I had so many hours to sit alone on the edge of my bed, drinking ice chips and ginger ale. Nothing better in the world than ice chips and ginger ale. Can I get an amen? <laughs> oh, ice chips and ginger ale. And a few nurses, a few nurses who were so kind beyond their ability to sit beside me and talk to me for hours at a time. And just let me pour my heart out. I was scared. I, didn't, I couldn't sleep. Sharon lay in a bed in the same room and I didn't want to wake her she would have to get up and go to work that day. She came to the hospital and stayed with me, even though she had to go to work. And I would be awake half the night, three-quarters of the night, because I couldn't sleep. Have you ever tried to sleep with this on? It's not easy. And now I've learned to sleep. I sleep much better now in the recliner. It's much better. But my days and nights in intensive care and, and the therapy unit were not good. Therapy went well. I remember walking through therapy, and they're all talking to me about how I was doing with therapy. And uh, at Forbes, I remember them telling me, oh, you're doing so well, and everything's going good. And I'm like, well, can I get rid of this? I'm really glad they didn't tell me that it was going to be 19 weeks. Um, The last time we went to the doctor on July 1st, he told me that my next visit would be September 23rd. That's three weeks from tomorrow, by the way. I thought, oh. I said, so what are we doing in the meantime? Are we taking this off? No, we're gonna leave that on there. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) I'm so appreciative, doctor. And I, I, I really would say to you, I am very appreciative of the doctors. Um, there have been mornings, days, the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, continues to ring in my mind. Now, for some of you, this song is, is a song you're not familiar with. For some of you, it's a staple of our Christian faith Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, your hand hath provided. Great is your faithfulness. And I've just sung that song. I've prayed that song. I thought that song day after day after day after day after day. And yes, I can tell you that through it all, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 13, have come alive in my life He is maturing my faith. Yes, he's grown me closer to him. Indeed, I've had to rely on God every day I live. I have nothing else to do. I I have to pray. I pray and read, and that's what I do. Somebody said earlier, what are you going to do tomorrow on Labor Day? Well, Sharon is working. I'm going to read all day. For real, I'm going to read all day. I'm reading a dynamite book. I've read some great books, and I'm reading a dynamite book. I can read fine, and I'll I'll be reading and growing my faith. James finally says this in verses 23 through 25, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to James chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. He says to us, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what what they had heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And I would say to you this morning that for me, I will never forget. The summer of 2019, I call it my summer of rides and pain. My summer of change and rides. All I get done is calling someone on the phone and saying, can you give me a ride? Can you give me a ride? Can you pick me up and give me a ride? If you don't know me, I'm one of the kind of dudes who's always had his own car. I never ask anybody for a ride. Even as a teenager, I always had a car, and I never asked for, even my parents didn't pick me up and take me places. I had my own car, but now I have to ask for rides. And uh, Bill Balbach, where are you, man? Where are you, friend? Bill, where are you? There is Bill. Bill picked me up on Thursday morning, and we spent all day Thursday visiting shut-ins in nursing homes, and we spent all day just visiting. Wasn't that neat, Bill? That was a neat morning, neat day. But all day I had to have him pick me up and take me. We went visiting. And I have to say to you this morning that through all of this, I've learned what James said to be a doer of the word and not someone who only hears it. God spoke to me in the ambulance on the way to Forbes that that he was going to to touch my life. And, And all of this was going to be for his honor and glory. I lay there in that bumpy ambulance and I hear God just speaking to my heart just as clear as I'm standing here talking to you today that I'm going to use this for my honor and glory. You just hold on and I'll take care of you. So I knew, as I was wheeled into the hospital, I knew these doctors were going to perform a miracle in my life. And sure enough, they did. It took three hours for the doctor to take the bone in my neck and get it back to where it had to go. Three hours. Just to move the bone back in place so it could be fused to the other bone. Three hours. Then six and a half hours to put the rods and the pins in my neck. Oh, and by the way, before I forget... After everything was done, therapy went well. I kept jawing at the therapist. I kept jawing at the doctor. I said, you know, I got to go home, you know. It's time for me to go home. You know, after two, three weeks in the hospital, wouldn't you want to go home too? So I said, it's time for me to go home. I said, it's time for me to go home. When am I going home? Hey, when am I going home? Next day, when am I going? Okay, finally, we're going to send you home on Saturday. So I went home. I'm home for about a week. I wake up on Father's Day Sunday morning, the 16th of June, and my pillow is covered with blood. My bed is covered with blood. My incision came open. I had to go back in for a complete second surgery. They had to take my incision back open, and there's an x-ray, there should be a a picture of that second surgery, a third picture, did we see that yet? It should be right there. That's, That's the second surgery. And I thought I was all finished. And then this happened again. And so I was in the hospital another week. And finally they let me come home. And they spent a long time before they took those stitches out. But everything's healed. It's all healed now, it's all well. None of that is like that. Um, Yeah. Susan, are you here? Susan here today? I can't see. Uh, my visiting nurse was going to come t- today. I don't see her here. Um, she's been coming to church with her family. And Susan saw a lot of my incision. She helped me through a lot of those times when there was a lot of healing going on. But God spoke to me that morning and uh, on, the, on that afternoon on the way to the hospital. And through the many hours of therapy, through the many visits of physical therapists into our home, through the many 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 hours of visiting nurses and going to doctors through enduring first 56 staples out of my back and then all these stitches the last time they were all they weren't dissolvable stitches they all had to come out and uh, how many stitches honey we don't know that a lot very painful even taking them out. And I have to say that as I walked through this, God was speaking to me to remain faithful. He continued to talk to me about remaining faithful to Him and remain faithful. Don't get discouraged, don't get upset, don't, don't get angry, don't get cynical. And for you who are going through pain, I can understand why you would be cynical. For you who go through things and you have bad things happen to you, I can understand why you'd be cynical. This is the first time in my life I've ever had a tragic thing like this happen to me. I've always been somebody with pretty good health. Again, the first time I've ever broken a bone of any kind. First time. The first time I've ever been in an ambulance in my life. But I can tell you it's not pleasant. And I can tell you this morning there's a great opportunity for Satan to move into your life and begin to speak to you and tell you that, why you? Why would God do this to me? Why, why would this happen to me? Lord, I've pastored for 40 years. I've given you my life. My wife and I have given you my, our lives. I've prayed. I've served you in many churches. I've, I've, I've given you faithful service to you. And here I find myself in the back of an ambulance, a bumpy ambulance, with my neck broken. Lord, why me? And so then we ask ourselves, (laughs) why do bad things happen to good people? Seriously, why do bad things happen to good people? And that question resonated in my mind over and over and over and over again. And I kept referring back to God speaking to me on the way to the hospital that afternoon that I'm going to take care of you. He just spoke to me as clear as it can be. I will take care of you. This is for my honor and my glory. And I'm not not answering God, yeah, place where I can say to God, oh, yeah, right, God. I'm just listening. And at this point in time here, On this September 1st, Sunday morning, I'm three three weeks away from seeing my neurosurgeon. By the way, I, I would say God bless Dr. Lee, probably one of the best doctors I've ever confronted in my entire life, a great doctor. He saved my life. I told him more than once he saved my life. And he says, well, it wasn't him who saved my life. He said it was It was God, and he's not a spiritual man. He saved my life. And I'm here to say today that we are to count it all joy when we fall into diverse types of temptation and difficulties because no one likes pain, but it can cause us to find eternal life. No one likes pain, but it can cause us this morning to have our faith grow great inside of us. And no one likes pain and it can even bring us to obedience to God and to his word. Maybe you're here this morning and you've come today not knowing what was happening Maybe you even remember the sermon title was The Maturity of Pain. But you had no idea that we're going to see some graphic things and hear some graphic stories. And maybe there's pain in your life today and maybe it's even relationships because that's where James experienced his pain. Maybe your pain is in your body. Maybe your pain is in a work situation, an employment situation you're experiencing pain this morning, if you're here and you're experiencing some pain or other, it can be emotional, physical, spiritual, but you're experiencing pain in your life this morning, I want you to stand up right where you are. Would you stand? Come on, all over the sanctuary. Just stand up. There you go. Come on. stand. Please don't be shy. Please, please, please don't be shy. Please, please. We're going to pray for you today. This is the time for God to touch you. So if you don't stand, you're not going to experience God's best for you. Come on. Stand up there. Get up. Come on. Get up there. Get up there. You have pain? Get up. Come on. Get up there. You have pain? Get up there. For the rest of you, I want you to look around. Now, I mean look around. I'm going to ask, please, but I want to be kind in my asking. Nobody stay in your seat. I want you all to move out of your seat, and I want you to get near somebody who's standing. I want you to lay hands on them right now. Come on, move. Let's move. Come on, please. All over the room, the maturity of pain. Let's let that maturity have its birth right now in the middle of the sanctuary. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. You are a faithful God. You are a faithful Lord from the time we wake to the time we sleep at night. You are faithful, Lord, in the midst of all of our difficulties. You are faithful, Lord, because we need you so desperately. We need you so desperately, God, today. There are those among us this morning, Father, that really need your help. There are those among us this morning that are in such dire pain, some some in such deep pain in situations that we wouldn't even mention today. But God, you see, you know exactly where we are like you spoke to me that afternoon on that ambulance, on that ride, that bumpy ride off Main Street in Irwin. You spoke to me for your honor and your glory. You would heal my body. You would touch my body. I know today, God, for your honor and your glory, you will touch many around this sanctuary today. God, I pray that by your stripes, we would find healing in this room today. By your stripes, we would experience wholeness in this room today that by your stripes we would experience the release of pain that has been in our lives for months, maybe years. God, we thank you. You are faithful. You are faithful beyond measure. And we ask, God, in your faithfulness that you would touch us, Lord, right where we stand, right where we live. So as we leave this building today, we will always remember that James the author, and the oldest brother of Jesus spoke into our lives that we would count it all joy when we would go through diverse types of temptation and perseverance and pain in our lives. This is the day, September 1st, we've experienced the joy of the Lord as he's brought healing to our lives. Thank you for healing you're doing right now all around this sanctuary. Thank you for the healing you're doing inside this room today. We pray that you would bless every person here. and God, you would draw us nearer to you. Now, Father, I pray, Lord, as we leave this place, that we would leave, Father, with faith deep in our hearts, that you are the God who knows every second of every moment of our lives. You are God who knows everywhere we walk, everywhere we live. You know our going out and coming in. You are rising up and sitting down. The very hairs of our head are numbered by you. you are, your thoughts to us are more than the sands of the sea. Today I pray, oh God, that you would think about us as you bring healing to our lives we would go knowing in great confidence that you're the God who now has touched us. And we're thankful, God, we're thankful. So we pray a blessing upon all the families here and everyone in this room. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.
0: This is Pastor Nick Paul the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.